Hello and welcome to Habemus Papam, episode 220, Marcellus Dear the Second. Dear brothers and sisters, Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis. Annuncio Vobis Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Gaudium Magnum. Habemus Papam. Today's Pope was born Marcellus Cervini in 1501, making him the last Pope to keep his birth name when made Pope. His father was an Italian landowner who had run in the Renaissance Florentine circles surrounding the Medici family, so he was deeply humanistic and educated young Marcello from a very early age. Eventually destined him for service in the church, but he had given him this really complex and beautiful humanistic education. After he'd completed his education, he was sent to Rome to meet Pope Clement VII as part of the family's giving of their own uh, gifts of service to the Pope. And the Pope was so impressed with his learning that he gave him the commission to help fix some of the problems with the Julian calendar. Now, this is just an aside. We'll talk more about it in a future episode, but the Julian calendar used since the Roman times, hence the Julius of, of Julian is Julius Caesar, it was getting to be a little out of date. I can't go through all the mechanisms right now, but it didn't account precisely for how long it took the earth to go around the sun. It was off by like one leap year in so many years or something like that. And so it was slowly over time, not becoming attuned to the seasons. Like winter was creeping up a couple days each decade or so. And so he was tasked with helping reform this and he did a good job with it apparently. And eventually he became settled in Rome. When Pope Paul III was elected, Marcello, who had known the Pope for some time and and whose father had known uh, the new Pope, was named the secretary to one of the Pope's nephews. He was ordained a priest in 1535 and he served in the papal curia as a scribe. And he was soon entrusted with diplomatic duties, going between Germany and the Netherlands and Rome in some tense negotiations with the Holy Roman Emperor. At that time, in 1539, he was named a cardinal, and he was sent to the Diet of Regensburg, where Charles V hoped to negotiate his way to the end of the Protestant Rebellion. He worked in Italy to encourage bishops to attend the new Council of Trent. He was eventually appointed one of the three papal legates who guided the council as presidents of the council. But he had upset Charles V at some point and was removed and named papal librarian. Now, this is something worth pausing and mentioning, because sometimes when we think about a, an ecumenical council, we think of it purely in terms of spiritual or theological considerations. But there was also this political dimension not to be forgotten. Charles V wanted the council on his own terms, and he was so powerful and helped bring this all about, and you didn't want to upset him. But at the same time, you couldn't just do everything that Charles V said, and so there's this balance that needed to be there between going along with uh, the emperor who had done so much for this council and not giving him his own way in every time. So at some point, apparently, Cardinal Marcello Cervini was apparently not shrewd enough. He was apparently a really good operator, but he was not shrewd enough, and he was put out to pasture as the papal librarian. This is actually a post he really loved as a great Renaissance humanist and a deep lover of learning. He undertook several projects with other like-minded cardinals, including the famous Cardinal Bembo, and they published all sorts of projects on, on literature and the arts of the ancient world. In 1555, Cardinal Marcello Cervini was seen as a strong candidate for the election following the death of Pope Julius III. The imperial cardinals weren't fans of him, and the emperor didn't like him at all, but he at least wasn't the pro-French candidate. And the French cardinals wanted their own candidate, but they could at least get behind Cardinal Cervini because he wasn't the favorite of the emperor. And so fairly quickly, he was elected unanimously, in fact, except for one vote, his own, 
which was Cardinal Carra- which he, he cast for Cardinal Carafa. He kept his name Marsalis to say to the world that he wanted to be the same man as Cardinal as as Pope. And he wanted to have this kind of sense of integrity about him, that everything he had done and striven for as a cardinal, he would continue to strive for as Pope. He became Pope Marsalis II on April 9th, 1555. Now, he started off really strongly for reform, especially within the circles of the Roman Curia. He was orthodox, pious, intelligent, and the reform side of the church was really excited about what his papacy would mean. But they would be disappointed. He suffered a stroke on April 30th, 1555, and died sometime that evening. His papacy thus lasted only 22 days, the sixth shortest in papacy in history. Now, one note before we go, there's a beautiful polyphonic mass written by the great Renaissance composer Palestrina, which is named for him. It's called the Misa Pape Marcelli, and it's worth listening to if you get a chance. He was buried in St. Peter's Basilica and succeeded by another reforming pope, Pope Paul IV, and we will talk about him next time. Thank you for listening to Abemus Papa. If you liked this, you can find the rest of the Catholic Link podcast at catholiclink.org or on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Thank you and God bless you.